Chapter 17 Catra was impressed with how quickly Adora had things prepared. She had left early in the morning, a sleepy Catra still needing more rest than the hero. By the time Catra and Finn had finished breakfast, Adora had come back saying everything was set and that by noon they would ship off. Even better? With the fiasco of the day before everyone was still pretty much packed. Scorpio was sad to see everyone go so soon, and made a point of walking down to the docks before even muttering a goodbye. Lonnie had escorted Adam, a sack over his head causing him to stumble many times, and she quickly handed him off to some very large and unapproachable-looking pirates. How the hell Adora knew these people, Catra would never know. But the moment their little group was spotted a man, who Catra suspected to be the captain, approached Adora with open arms and a friendly smile. Scorpia seemed just as skeptical as Catra as she eyed the crew that was manning the ship. Everyone trusted Adora to acquire trustworthy passage, but the situation was still weird as hell. Finn had their head buried in Catra's shoulder as she was introduced to the captain. Admiral Scurvy also received what could only be called an interrogation by Scorpia. He passed with flying colors as the two were laughing when they parted. Though Lonnie still kept a sharp eye on everything, even as the trio boarded. Catra tried to calm her nerves, seeing Adora at ease helped a bit. But she was still on a pirate ship. A pirate ship that was about to sail into water. A ship into water that was owned by pirates, with her kitten in her arms. So yeah, she was fucking uneasy and just wanted this to all be over as soon as possible. Despite the sudden boarding, and the whole taking the voyage with a man who haunts her nightmares, and being out on water, with pirates with her kitten, she was actually proud of Adora. Adora had glared when Adam walked out, but did not make a single move at him. Didn't walk near him, choosing to stick close to Catra and Finn. She was alert, but not stringing his guts around the moment she saw him. Catra can recognize when work is being put in. So when Finn was safely tucked away in the little room given to the three, did Catra hunt Adora down and give her a reward? Yes, yes she fucking did. Did said reward lead to some seriously heavy petting before they realized they needed to stop before things went too far in the belly of the ship? Unfortunately, yes. Catra knew the rough location of where Adam was being held. Apparently Admiral Scurvy wasn't big on the whole prisoner's thing, so he had hastily strung up a hook and some shackles, a fellow of his would be posted on guard around the clock until we made it to Beast Island. Or at least as close to Beast Island as Scurvy was willing to get. Catra was not looking forward to being on a cramped boat in open sea headed for a deadly island with a potentially rampant Adora and Adora's latest number one on her kill list with her kitten. Really, the longer she thought about it, it really wasn't the wisest thing to bring Finn along. But then again, this may be the only time Catra is invited to Half Moon, she had no worthy reason to deny Finn the same experience. With Adora properly rewarded, and understood exactly why Catra was so pleased with her, Catra held herself up in the small room given to the trio. It really was only big enough for two small bunk beds and a slim walkway. Catra figured that four of the crew had been booted from their usual sleeping arrangements so that her group was properly accommodated during the trip. 
She didn't really mind, it meant she had her own space with Finn and Adora, and a fucking door between her and anyone else on this fucking ship. Katra didn't really know what Adora was up to, but she figured the competitive idiot was up top engaging in the arm wrestling match that she had been eyeing when they boarded. Fucking dork. Muskly, show off, dork. Scurvy had assured Katra that the trip would be five days at most, but he figured it would be more of a three-day trip if the winds continue to caress the sails as they had been. Whatever the fuck that means. Katra had the foresight to pack a few entertaining things for Finn, knowing it would be a long three to five days if all they did were stare at the walls. Katra didn't really want to get buddy-buddy with the crew like Adora was, and Finn was shy enough to be perfectly content with their tiny room. So for the first day Katra read books to Finn, even let Finn read off to her at times, played card games, and left the little rascal color on some of the pages she had brought. Adora brought their meals and ate with them, told them some stories she had heard from the crew, and slipped off once more. Finn was sound asleep and Katra was dozing with the hero settled in for the night. The idiot had tried to move to the top bunk as if Katra wasn't waiting for her to crawl into the lower bunk with her. Adora had just chuckled when Katra hissed at her attempt. The second day Adora spent most of her time in the room, Apparently there were dark clouds forming and she didn't want to be in the crew's way if they were needed for an incoming storm. Scurvy popped in at one point to tell them he planned to just skirt around it if possible, to keep things on the lighter side. Katra wasn't in the best of moods with a potential storm out at sea on a fucking boat, but there wasn't much she could do about it other than distract herself. Which was an easy task with Finn and Adora. Adora really was like a big child when it came to time with Finn. Katra let them be the fools she loves them to be while she laughed at whatever it was they decided to get up to. Adora had blown out the lamps before procuring a candle so she could teach Finn's shadow figures with her hands. Which then led to the two putting on a whole shit show of a play for Katra. The day was winding down when Scurvy popped his head in once again to see if they wanted to join him in his captain's quarters for a drink and some food. It was obviously a polite way of saying he needed to speak, but was unsure of if he could give out details with little ears listening in. Adora ended up going off with him while Katra settled into Finn's bunk for a bedtime story. The ship had been on rocky waters for the last few hours and Katra just wanted the comfort of her kitten as her anxiety spiked. Luckily Finn was a heavy sleeper and didn't wake as the ship really began rocking. Katra was ready to pull her hair out by the time Adora came back. Katra was quick to slip into the same bunk as her, needing now the comfort of strong arms as they slipped into the storm. Adora assured Katra that they were just skirting around it and it would be over soon. She did her best to distract Katra with what Scurvy had talked to her about. Really it wasn't anything they didn't know before. Once they got close enough to the island and there were calm waters, Scurvy would give them a small boat to finish the trip. Adora promised the last time she did it that it wasn't so bad. She had made it to the island in minutes. She then started telling her stories of Half Moon and its beauty. It's different. How the Magicots there were decked out in jewelry and lazed in the sun. Those stories filled Katra's mind as she slipped off to sleep, 
relaxed against Adora's warm body in gentle words. However when she woke it was not due to the proper amount of sleep. No, her sensitive ears picked up on heavy boots. Heading right for their door. She had just enough time to fling herself from the bunk as the door was thrown open. Adora startled at the jostling and the sudden sounds. Catra was crouched low with her claws out and ready, blocking any and everyone from Finn. And she was thankful she had, because standing in the doorway was Adam. Adam with blood smearing his clothes, an angry glint in his eyes, and a crimson dripping sword in his hand. Everything happened so fast yet seemed to slow in Catra's mind. Adam lunged forward, arm raised ready to swing his sword down. Adora launched from the bunk and collided into his side, knocking him into the post of the bunk which Finn laid in. Finn woke and screamed out, little claws sinking into Catra's leg as they clung to her. Adam tried to shove Adora off of him but it was hard to do in the cramped space. Adora drove her first hard into Adam's gut, before forcing all of her weight onto him. Catra watched as they fell to the floor, battling in the small space to come up on top. The sword haphazardly flailed about. Catra couldn't do anything to help. If she joined the dangerous huddle on the floor the likelihood of Adora getting cut by her claws was just as high of Adam getting sliced. But her eyes stayed trained on them, waiting for an opportunity to lash out and hit the correct blonde. Finn was screaming and in full panic, unwilling to relinquish Catra's leg. Unable to help Adora, and unable to ignore the cries of her kitten, Catra spun and ducked into the bunk. Forcing Finn into the farthest corner and placing herself protectively over them. She was aware she was hissing and growling as she watched the fight on the floor, daring any motherfucker to inch close enough to harm her child. Catra's claws instinctively dug deep into the mattress and metal beneath it when Adora cried out as the sword swiped down her face. It was followed by pain-filled grunts from Adam who was now beneath the very pissed-off Shiare. Catra watched in horror as Adora froze. Only pinning Adam down by his throat with her fist raised. Adora could hear the cries of Finn, the aggressive growls of Catra, the grunts of Adam, the ringing in her own ears. She had Adam pinned. One hand crushing down on his throat, one knee solid on his chest while her other pinned down the arm holding his sword, her own free and lethal hand poised to crush the fucker's face into the floor below. But Finn's cries were so loud. So I panicked. And the voice of Catra only days before telling her that if she acted out she would lose Finn. So she froze. Hesitated. Rethought her actions. Instead of bashing his skull into bits she lowered her first and yanked the sword from his hand, which was now going purple from the force Adora had on his arm. She replaced the hold she had on his throat with the blade she stole from him. Their eyes locked. Adora could see the confusion swimming in Adam's. Adora just pressed the sword hard enough against his skin to draw a thin line of blood. A clear don't fucking move. Adora could hear Scurvy yelling somewhere in the ship, his voice drawing closer with each passing second. It took every ounce of self-control for Adora not to drag the blade across Adam's throat. But she held off. Managed to hold him there until Scurvy and two others were standing just outside the door.
Secure him, damn it. Scurvy shouted at his crew, who quickly stepped in and grabbed Adam. Adora only slipped off the man once they had a solid grip glaring at Scurvy, why the hell is walking around? Scurvy held his hands up as the two pirates pinned Adam to the wall, slapping fresh shackles to his wrists, one of my own men is lying dead, with the hook that was holding his shackles, now embedded in his head. You put the pieces together. Adora let her eyes slide shut as she did her best to rein in her anger. All she wanted to do was strangle Adam, shake the hell out of scurvy, and see blood spilled. Instead she took in a deep breath, willed her mind to stop racing, and calmly said, I can't trust you to secure him. Bring him topside. Scurvy looked at her skeptically, for? Adora clenched her jaw, just do it. Scurvy grunted but nodded to his men for them to follow through with Adora's request. Adora watched as they made their way out, glaring at the smug look on Adam's face. Adora. Catra's tone was one of warning. Adora turned and knelt so she was at eye level with the pissed mother. Finn was curled into a tight ball with tears still spilling down their face. Fear heavy on them. Hey, it's okay now. Adora tried to sound reassuring, she wasn't certain it came out that way. She looked to Katra, what do you want me to do? It was meant to be a, hey you're calling the shots here, but it came out far too pleading. Adora sounded restrained. Katra's eyes jumped all over Adora's face, down to her kitten, to the door, and back to Adora, come back dry. Adora felt her eyes go wide and eyebrows shoot up. It was permission. A clear, do what you have to, but also, don't let Finn know what you did. Adora gave Katra a single nod before standing and making her way to the deck. It was raining topside, heavy enough to soak through in seconds but not hard enough that she couldn't see. Adam was kneeling in the middle of the deck, one of the crew had their sword placed at his neck. Scurvy made his way to Adora's side only feet away from the clearly pissed Adam. We can string him to the front, let the sea have him. Scurvy offered, no point in wasting air and food on him for another day. Adora shook her head, if there is anything left of him, you can do as you please. Scurvy laughed, clapping a hand to her shoulder, I, the deck is yours, Shiare. Adora unbuckled her sheath, handing her sword off to Scurvy who was calling out to his crew, release the sorry fuck. He won't be able to run for long. He glanced at Adam, if you wish to try your luck with the sea, feel free to jump ship. That alone was a death sentence. They were still clearing the storm, the waves would either drown him in seconds or tear him apart. Either were far more merciful than what Adora planned. Adam rubbed his wrists as he stood, I do not fear an angry woman. Scurvy let out a low whistle, I would fear any woman on this ship. But your death is yours to face. Adam chuckled, not today. Adora nodded, you should have faced it long ago. How was it you managed to escape Katra? He grunted, my group and I were already defecting when she gifted herself to me. It was one hell of a last hooray, if I say so myself. He suddenly grew serious, the kitten, are they mine? Adora felt her rage bubble, they never have been. He shook his head, you know what I'm asking, 
Adora stepped closer, she was done with this, and I answered. The two lunged at one another and crashed into a heap of anger and desperation. The storm bellowed around them, nearly crying out as the two collided. Adora knew who was going to come out of this, she was stronger, healthier, and did not have a fresh gash across her gut. As their arms locked, she brought her knee up to smash right into the stitches he had hastily been given. Adam cried out as fresh blood began to spill. He yanked an arm from her shoulder and brought his fist down hard against her face. Right where his sword had recently sliced into his skin. Adora hissed in pain as she stumbled away but the pain meant nothing in the face of her anger. She dropped her shoulder low, ramming herself into his chest. The force knocked them to the hard floor of the deck. Adora scrambled to right herself, forcing her knee to pin him by his reopened wound. Adora screamed in pain as he frantically tried to pry her off. Adora was having none of it. Her large hand slapped down over his face, forcing his cheek into the splinters below as she applied more force to her knee. Adam was now clawing at her face, trying to rip into her skin. Adora felt none of it as she let her free hand fall to the gash soaking the deck with his blood. Tell me, Adam. She started, should I have the crew pin you down? She let her fingers claw into the wound, as I have my way? As I rip your body slowly? Adam howled out as Adora gripped the flab of flesh now in her hands. She wanted to hear his cries. See the light in his eyes flicker. She wanted to cause pain. She yanked up and felt the gash rip further open. He hurt Katra. Yank. He hurt Katra. Rip. He hurt Katra. Yank. He tried to hurt her again. He tried to harm Finn. Rip. He went to their room, where her family slept, with full intention of taking them. Adora forced her hand further into the open gash now spewing blood, grabbing the first thing her hand landed on. She pulled. He tried to take her family. He tried to harm her family. He tried to take them from her. Adora continued to get lost in her rage. Lost in her mind. Losing sight and focus completely as all she knew was, yank, rip, pull. She did not feel the nails clawing at her weekend. She did not see muscled arms drop to the deck. She did not get to revel in the light fade from wide eyes. She was so lost in it all she did not get to enjoy the death of it. She doesn't know how long the crew watched on in horror as she continued to gut the man. All she knew was at some point scurvy was pulling her away. Dragging her to his captain's quarters. By the time scurvy forced her into a chair and was washing the blood from her hands her vision began to clear. She was shocked to find herself crying. Silent tears stinging as their salty trail was met with cuts. Scurvy was gently and mindfully removing the crimson from her hands and arms, watching her with soft eyes, welcome back. Adora took in a shaky breath, unable to work her vocal cords. Not that she even knew what to say. So she watched as her arms and hands were cleared, watched as Scurvy dropped the rag into its now dark water. Scurvy handed off a clean pair of clothes, and a fresh bucket of water.
Adora slipped out of her drenched and once again ruined clothing, using the rag and bucket offered to scrub her skin raw as scurvy turned his back as he made them drinks. Only when Adora was clear of blood and now clad in somewhat tight clothes, did he turn back to face her, shocking a glass of dark liquid in her hand, drink up, it'll dull the edge. Adora didn't even bother with the drinking all but throwing her head back and gulping down the burning liquor. Scurvy leaned against his desk as he watched her, you become consumed. Adora grunted as she fell into the seat next to the one she had dripped blood all over. Scurvy swirled his glass, watching the liquid, that's a dangerous life to live. Adora watched him, I feel a lesson coming on. Scurvy laughed, not entirely. A story, perhaps, if I drink enough. I've seen many consumed by it. Many of them walk my deck now. You two options, oh legendary Shiare. Let it have every piece of you, or reclaim yourself before it does. That's rather cryptic, for a pirate. This time his laugh was from his belly, I see, you have not heard many pirates' tales. They are full of cryptic messages. Wise, but hidden meanings, no doubt. His smile faded, I've not known you long, but I can see the weight of war on you. The battles are over, but you're starting your own fight. Recovery is just as brutal as the field. Just as deadly, if you let it be. Adora smiled at the shockingly kind man, but even she could recognize how forced it was. How tired she was. How absolutely heavy her body had become over the years. It had taken a while, but Catra was able to lull Finn back to sleep. She was curled around them in her bunk. Hands soothingly running down their back. Their little hands still clenched tightly to Catra's shirt. Catra could hear the familiar footfalls of Adora before she reached the door. Adora was thankfully clear of any blood, and in dry clothing. But Catra could see the fresh stitches near her jaw, and the many scratches along her face. The dark bruise formed on the side of her neck. Watched the slight limp as Adora closed the door. Catra could smell the sharp scent of whiskey on her. Adora just stood with her back pressed against the door as she looked down at Catra and her kitten. Catra could see the pain in Adora's blue eyes. But most of all she could see the drawn-back blank voice behind it. Catra slowly raised her hand in offering. Adora gave a small tired smile as she climbed into the bunk, moving with caution as to not jostle Finn as she curled around them. Her arm draped over both Magigots as her eyes slid shut. Catra watched as Adora rested, knowing the hero was far from sleep. With the hand not placed on Finn's back, she began to comb through Adora's hair. It was wet but free from its holder. Adora hummed at the first slow swipe of Catra's fingers. Catra gave a small smile, finding the noise to be as close to a purr that the human could manage. Adora looked beaten down, far from the strong legend everyone saw her to be. No, this was Catra's Adora. Here in the same bunk as her was her family. Sure it had so many fucking problems that would need to be addressed, but right now? Right now, Catra was content to rub into her kitten's back, and card her finger through her love's hair. Chapter 18 For Catra, 
Waking up in Half Moon was like every holiday she never got to enjoy or experience jam packed into one solid mind-spinning moment. They had arrived to the island late at night, and not wanting to spend another fucking moment on the water, Katra had denied any and all offers of just staying on the ship until morning. Luckily they had been greeted by Myla, the first magicat that Katra had even met outside of the one she shoved from her body. She was stunning. Welcome to Beast Island. Her accented voice greeted the trio. Finn was asleep in Katra's arms, a heavy weight keeping her grounded as the moment was finally here. Katra couldn't seem to work her vocal cords, far too excited and exhausted. Her mind was reeling. She was here. There was another magicat standing in front of her. Talking to her. Holy fuck. Adora smiled at the hooded woman, it is a pleasure to be back. I apologize for arriving so late. Milo waved it off but her hand stopped mid-air as her sharp eyes narrowed at Adora, seems your travels were strenuous. Milo's clawed hand reached out to run the pad of her finger against the rough stitches near Adora's jaw, we will have these redone. Adora smiled gratefully, I will see to it in the morning. I hate to rush us along, but I am uneasy being out here at night. Especially with Finn. Myla nodded in understanding, let's get you to your rooms, I know Syra will want to see you the moment you have rested. Even so late in the night, Half Moon bustled with life. Katra's eyes were wide as she soaked everything in as they walked through the underground city. It was beautiful. Open to the elements but sheltered at the same time. Strong large pillars sprinkled around, flowing tapestry everywhere, gentle candles that did not sting Katra's eyes. Magicots everywhere. Lounging high and low, walking about, chatting, laughing. The market seemed to be open as if it was still midday. There were a plethora of large soft-looking pillows around. Vines littered about. Everything pulled Katra in. Everything seemed so inviting, and just so, right. As they walked through crowds she wasn't stared at, or pointed at. Eyes glazed over her, but certainly settled on Adora who all but towered over every head. There were so many different breeds. Some were outrageously fluffy while others were all wrinkled skin. Some broad and stumpy, some tall and thin, some so muscled their clothes strained, while others could be found laughing with large bellies. She had been so exhausted from the trip, which ended up being six days as the storm had pushed them far off course. When Katra was shown to her rooms, she was so blissed out. The beds were large round plush mattresses with many pillows sprinkled all over. Soft thin blankets. Katra sunk into it and couldn't stop the purr that erupted from her. It had honestly been some of the best sleep she had ever gotten. Surrounded by the immaculate bed with Adora cradling her from behind and Finn curled up against her chest. The only thing that would have made it the absolute best experience she has ever had, would have been to wake with a certain blonde idiot next to her. Instead she woke to a completely empty bed, no Adora or Finn in sight. However she could hear the squeals of a certain kitten in the room only parted by a thick tapestry opposed to a door. Katra stretched and felt all the soreness from her muscles just fade away. 
When she made her way out to the joining room she was a bit shocked to find Myla sitting so close to Adora, a moment of jealousy sparking before she noticed the subtle wince from Adora. Myla was redoing Adora's poorly crafted stitches, while Finn made grossed-out squealing noises. Adora rolled her eyes at them and they would laugh. Myla seemed amused by the whole thing. Mama. Finn waved excitedly from their perch near the idol hero, look. They pointed at Myla who paused her rethreading to laugh. Katra nodded as she moved to sit next to them, I see, she swatted down their hand, though it's rude to point. Myla shook it off, it's alright, cute if anything. Finn's wide eyes dazzled Katra, Mama, she's just like us. Katra couldn't help but smile down at her kitten, everyone here is. It was a bittersweet moment. Finn looked at Myla, as if requesting confirmation to what their mother had just said. Myla giggled as she resumed the last stitch, it's true. You'll be able to see very soon. I have been instructed to bring you all to breakfast. She glanced over at the trio, as well as a change of clothes. You'll stick out like, well, Adora here, if you keep your current threads. Adora rolled her eyes but when those blues landed on Katra they were so soft. I'm so happy. So utterly content. Katra practically swooned at the look, unable to cast her eyes anywhere else but at Adora. All done. Now change, and we can see some food in that grumbling belly. Myla poked Adora's stomach and then made a playful threat of poking Finn's as well. Finn squealed with laughter as they launched off the low couch to grab a bundle of clothing from the table. The adults shared a laugh as they booked it back to the room to change. You'll love the food. Adora said as she too grabbed her own bundle, face now looking properly tended to. Katra didn't get the chance to respond before Finn called out for her, sounding a bit distressed. Katra grabbed her bundle and made her way back into the room to find Finn staring at their bundle like it was offending them. Need help? Katra asked, trying to keep her laughter in. Finn nodded, still glaring at the pile, even had their little hands on their hips clad in only their undies, I'd appreciate that. Katra did laugh as she helped them step into their pants, and slipped over the shirt. The clothing was thin and loose around the legs, only a smidge tighter on the shirt but still breathable. They looked adorable as they tucked the shirt into their tight waistband. They shouted out a happy thanks before darting back into the other room, nearly tripping Adora as she stepped in. Chuckling, I don't think Eve ever seen them so lively. Katra rolled her eyes in amusement, you obviously have not seen them on the days Spinny has class outside. A crime I haven't. Adora jokes, as she slips off her clothes. Katra wanted to be polite and cast her eyes away, but fuck that. Adora was a woman in such physics that the stars themselves had to have sculpted her. But Etheria had scared her. Katra had scared her. Katra let her eyes wander over pale skin, wrapped so beautifully over powerful muscle, littered in scars of every variance. Some were puffy and mangled, others thin and hard to notice. Katra knew her hand had caused many, the ones down her back being so clearly hers. Adora didn't notice Katras staring until her loose pants were secured around her waist, 
shirt still laying on the bed. She gave Katra an intense look, but her eyes were soft. Knowing. Katra startled when Adora approached, one large hand reaching for her wrist. Adora guided Katra's fingertips over a few of the many marks on her body. A small one near her ear, when I found you in that box, you wanted to touch my ear but still didn't have the best control of your claws, to her shoulder, the first time you jumped on me, I fell and scared us both, to the side of her ribs, you were pulling away from a hug, when Lonnie called my name. Her eyes swam with something Katra couldn't place, as her palm was pressed flush just above Adora's strong beating heart, when I left you behind. Every scar offered had been one from their childhood, the one Adora claimed on her heart had been years between the others. But it hit Katra the hardest. Katra knew these were not the only scars Adora had earned from her, but she remembered each one. Knew the story, the moment. Yet here was this big dummy holding Katra's hand to her chest, claiming a wound only Katra had thought she had worn on her own heart. What a big mushy fucking dummy. Katra felt the phantom of her own scar calling out in companionship, but it was overshadowed by the swell that now overtook her frantically beating organ. Katra couldn't stop herself if she tried, not that she wanted to. She stepped closer to Adora, meeting her halfway as their lips locked into the sweetest kiss Katra had ever had the honor to share. Adora kissed her slow and deep, Katra responding in full. It said everything. It held every interaction, every playful banter, every screaming match, every punch, every moment on the field, every day since she joined Bright Moon to a whole new light. This giant muscled idiot loved Katra, she couldn't deny it. Couldn't persuade her self-sabotaging mind otherwise. Didn't want to. She wanted to know with everything that she was, that Adora loved her. This kiss forced her to realize it. And Katra loved Adora back all the same. Adora loved Half Moon. For many many reasons, but the most glaringly obvious? The attire. Specifically what Katra was wearing. Katra was clad in the flowy pants, somehow laying on her ass just right to flaunt the woman's backside. And for a top? Practically nothing. The decorative wraps across her chest and shoulders did nothing but put an expansive of skin on display that Adora only ever glimpsed at as the two had changed after horde training. Now, Adora was a respectful woman. She was polite and had her hormones well in check like any reasonable adult should. Did that make it any easier to not full on ogle the magicat? Hell no. Adora was also a woman who could appreciate a well-built body. And Katra's lean lethal one was on glorious display. Thank the stars for Half Moon. Though she did need to keep in mind she was in the company of said Magicot's child, and you know the fucking queen of Half Moon. Who seemed to be cheekily amused by Adora's glances to Katra who was still so engrossed in taking everything in that she had not noticed. Hopefully. They all sat on pillows in a circle, many dishes of mouth-watering food splayed out in the middle. Finn was really showing their appetite as they tucked away a solid portion of it. Adora was even impressed at how much they managed to shove into their little body. Adora also ate an insane amount, though mostly to stay busy and not have too much downtime to eye devour the woman sitting across from her. 
Myla snickered as she bumped her shoulder to Adora's, whispering low, something catches your eye? Adora glared at her new friend, knowing damn well that cat rassiers were sensitive enough to pick up on the teas, the food is delicious. Myla rolled her eyes, sure, that's what you're envisioning eating. Syra had the decency to not outright laugh, but her smile was far too amused, saying something to Myla in their native tongue which caused the teasing magic cat to belt out in laughter. Adora found the dish of some candied fruit to be incredibly entertaining at that moment, but glanced at Katra to see her reaction to it all. Instead of the smirk she had seen in her mind, she was met with almost confusion and an artfully blank face. Adora curled an eyebrow in question but Katra didn't make any subtle answer, instead focusing on Finn and the handful of berries they were shoveling into their mouth. We have many kits who would love to meet your adorable Finn, was Cyrus' unstable transition from the tease. Katra looked skeptical but Finn perked right up, ears high on their head, there are kittens? Syra nodded, a small smile on her face, indeed there are. Many of them in fact. Finn's wide excited eyes turned to Katra in a silent plea. Katra was reasonably shocked, you want to go play? Adora understood the question. Finn was always so shy, not ever excited at the prospect of new faces. Especially a group. Finn vigorously nodded, tail swishing in gleeful erratic movements. Katra smiled down at them, I would say finish your breakfast but I think you've eaten enough for days. She poked their nose, causing them to scrunch it up in the cutest way. Adora had always doubted that there would ever be someone or something as cute as Katra as a kitten, a memory Adora holds dear. Yet Finn was a serious contender. Myla stood, I'd be happy to show you the way. Katra glanced at Adora before standing and letting Myla lead the duo off. I doubted your story, I admit. Though seeing you two now, I have no doubt about the love aspect. Syra said once the group had vanished, it is also obvious you are not seasoned lovers. You two glance at one another with far too much intensity. Adora felt her blush roar to her face, I don't really know what to say in response to that. Syra gave a knowing chuckle, I don't quite comprehend your arrangement in Bright Moon, the idea of having a mate while being shared by others is not a common ideology here. Many mates? Of course. But, your harem is an oddity here. Adora just knew her blush was not going anywhere anytime soon, Bright Moon is a very free land, but is also bound by its old ways. Then certain words replayed in Adora's mind, Katra and I aren't, uh, mates. Cyrus smirked playfully, that much is apparent. The love is there, so why not? Stars, this woman was really just launching into, our, situation prevents a relationship from developing. Cyrus seemed thoroughly confused by the confession, and what situation is that exactly? Sure you were enemies, at one point. Now you are far from it, anyone spending more than a moment with the two of you can see that. Adora chuckled nervously, is it common to be so blunt here? Syra rolled her eyes, not point in secrecy. If you wish to know, ask. You have every right to tell me what it is you want, and every right to refuse an answer. 
But yes, it is common for your curiosity to be vocalized here. Well that explains a fair deal. Adora pondered on if she should actually answer or take up the queen's offer or not. But she was here in the hopes that Catra would find a home in Half Moon, she couldn't really jeopardize that by keeping quiet about known things. Due to Catra's involvement with the war, Queen Glimmer has forbidden any marriage between us. Stars, jump right to it. They hadn't even really talked outside of, I love you but it isn't the right time and Adora just goes right for the vows, I don't intend to date unless it is for a lifelong partner. I see no reason for it. As well, it would be unfair to trap Katra in an arrangement she could not benefit from. Which is why I am hoping you allow them to stay. There are so many restrictions and rules and political shit, sorry, in Brightmoon. I don't believe she would be happy there long term. As well as the concern for her and Finn's safety. It just does not seem a good fit. Adora knew she rambled a bit, but the thoughtful look she was receiving was not exactly the reaction she expected. Usually when she rambles she is teased, or shut down before she could finish. Syrah eyed her for a bit before asking, you are Shiare, no? The question confused Adora, it was the sole reason she had been allowed here in the first place, I am. Syrah nodded slowly, and to my knowledge, Shiare is a warrior of many lands. Bound to all, not just one. Correct? It was Adora's turn to nod slowly, that is true. What was Cyrus getting at? The queen gave her a soft expression, so Shiare is bound only to Brightmoon's word in Brightmoon. In a way, that could be true. Adora was still lost, but she knew she was missing some sort of point to all this. You are not bound solely to Brightmoon. You do not need to sacrifice your happiness, or hers, for it. Nor its ruler. It is a pain to live without love, a pain you do not need to sentence yourself to. She motioned to the room around her, Half Moon is not binding you to any such restrictions. Love, what you share with Katra, is encouraged. No soul should know the torture of being parted from its other half. It's a rarity to find something that you have. Indulge in it. Adora was dumbfounded. She understood what Yir was saying. But it wasn't as simple as that. It was far more complicated than just doing what she wanted because she wasn't in Bright Moon. Right? Syra gave Adora a look a little too close to pity for her comfort, think on this, you may be ready to bear the weight of it for your life, but would you so readily subjugate Katra to the same? Does the pain you would cause her mean so little in the face of the word of a queen you are not solely bound to? Adora didn't know how to respond. That was one hell of a food for thought, to just be dumped on her. Luckily, she was saved from having to form a single thought to vocalize as Myla and Katra entered the room. Though Adora was confused by the stern look Myla settled on her, hands placed firmly on hips as she cocked an eyebrow. Syra hummed in amusement, and what has our guest done to earn such a glance? Katra too looked amused, if not full-on pleased by whatever the hell was going on. Myla looked to her queen, it seems Adora will need to be introduced to Cleo. Syra raised her eyebrows at this, more introductions can be made, but you seem to have a reason for this particular one. 
Myla held up her hand, a roll of parchment clutched there, word from Scurvy, and an innocent confession from Finn. Syra held her hand out for the note. Adora felt her blood rush from her face. She did not like being the topic of conversation and knowing so little. Cyrus took her time reading over whatever Scurvy had decided to write, humming as she folded the paper, Cleo will certainly be a good friend to make in your time here, Adora. I would like to know what has been said of me that would require me to know a certain face here. Adora was a bit irritated but she did her best to keep it from her tone. Syra leveled a look on the hero that was all queen and no bullshit, your mental state is cause for concern. I do not tolerate denial of self-care, certainly not from someone who is supposed to be a beacon of hope. Her eyes softened, Adora, you do not need to keep fighting. It really had been an innocent slip on Finn's half when they told Myla about the fight on the ship. They had been trying to thank her for patching up their friend, but it of course sparked questions for the other Magicat. Who boldly asked them once her and Katra had begun their way back to Adora and Syra. Katra did not give many details, explaining she was concerned, but not the moments that had sparked such an emotion. Katra had been shocked and Myla seemingly already knew some of the events. The arena, being the first commented on. Apparently Half Moon knew a good deal about Etheria and its ongoings. Then as if the world was ready to force some healing onto Adora, a note from Scurvy was placed in Myla's hands. Katra didn't know exactly who the woman was or what her part in everything was, or her rank, or really anything. Though she could stand for the Magicat not being so damn flirty with Adora. Rank or high position be damned. She had a determined look in her eyes as she explained to Katra that there was a Magicat in the palace that had dealt with similar issues as Adora. In fact, the Magicat had come from Etheria seeking refuge from the war. Only knowing of Halfmoon's existence from stories passed down by their family. Katra was shocked to know there were Magicat families on Etheria. But that was overshadowed by the fact that there were answers for Adora's behavior, and apparently she was going to be force-fed them if the look in Myla's eyes said anything. And damn was she right. Adora was carted off by Myla almost the moment Syra agreed. Of course this left Katra alone with the queen. I know you have not seen much of Half Moon, but I hope is welcoming. Syra started from her lounging position. Katra smiled at the queen, a rare thing for her to offer to someone she just met, it is far more than I ever imagined. Syra gave a pleased smile in return. Adora was not shy in her hopes you would find a home in Half Moon. Katra stopped herself from jerking at the sudden blow of a confession, what? Syra queried an eyebrow before chuckling, I see she has not disclosed this. Katra shook her head, she has not. The queen glanced around the room, when she first arrived, I was skeptical of having you here. The horde is far from Prime's tyranny but it is in his name. With you here now, I am pleased to have you. Sit, we have much to discuss. Katra was only doing as asked because if she hunted Adora down right now it would get violent. Katra thought this was a visit. A gift of knowing there were others like her. Safe and thriving. She had full intentions of returning to Bright Moon and playing the parts she and Adora had so painstakingly crafted. But this, 
This was a conversation Adora could not weasel her way out of. Oh hell no. Katra had a fair amount of questions, and she was going to make Adora answer every single fucking one. Chapter 19 Adora didn't know what to expect and Myla dragged her away. Why was she suddenly some helpless case? Adora managed herself well. Sure she had literally two episodes of just freaking out, but Katra had been harmed in both. So of course she raged. Anyone whose family had been harmed would do the same. So why was it that all of a sudden these two encounters were determining her? It irritated Adora to no end, but she followed Myla in silence. Cleo was not what Adora expected. Honestly she had kind of envisioned some cat version of Perfuma if she was being honest. Instead she was met by a large muscle-riddled magicat with short fur and a splotching of colors, amber, white and black speckled his body. Adora thought she was being brought to some version of a zen garden, again influenced by her mental assumption of magic perfuma. Instead she was forced to stand in the sweltering heat of a forge as Cleo hammered away at a blade. Adora caught a glimpse of his face as he wiped his arm across his forehead. He had a scar that ran from his left cheekbone, through his lips and to the right of his chin. It was puffy but a long-heeled wound. His arms had patches of missing fur where burns had taken place. Myla made no move to speak to the working man so Adora stood silent as well, a bit drawn in by everything in the room. The walls were littered with tools of varying sizes, but one wall was dominated by weapons. Their craftsmanship speaks highly of the artist who forged them. Cleo glanced at the two as he dosed the blade currently pinched between his tongs, figured you'd make rounds, however I expected to fight off a kitten. Where are the others? His voice was a deep rumble, and shockingly void of the accent Adora had come to know from the half-moon citizens. This is no courtesy call. Myla responded, finally advancing further into the forge the queen and I expect that Adora would benefit from your companionship. Cleo grunted, eyeing the hero, I suspected something like that might happen. Don't waste your time. Emily curled an eyebrow, but Adora spoke before she could, how would I be wasting my time? Cleo crossed his arms as he leaned back against a work table, nothing I tell you will be beneficial unless you're willing to hear it. Knowing that one dash, he nodded to Myla, you were dragged here. I'm not wasting my time or breath on someone who isn't going to care enough to listen. Those are rather bold assumptions of me as a person. Adora responded. I highly doubt you're open to hearing how messed up your little brain is. His lips pulled taunt against the scarred flesh as he smiled, I know you're kind. My kind? Adora was definitely doing a poor job of keeping the irritation from her tone. He nodded, yeah, strong, stubborn, dumb as hell, and unfamiliar with putting yourself first. Now you listen here Dash. I see you too are able to have an open and mature conversation, so I will leave you to it. Myla cut off, making a leisurely escape as Adora stared confused at the back of her head. Cleo laughed, don't mind that one, she enjoys the theatrics. Adora was having whiplash from the stern tone to the now amused one that Cleo was sharing. What the hell did she get herself into? Relax, kid. 
Cleo said as he slipped off his apron, tell me, why are you here? Your forge or half-moon? Adora asked, still a bit dumbfounded by the sudden abandonment of her guide. Cleo shrugged, whichever. Still trying to play mental catch-up this morning alone, Adora spoke the first thought that came to mind, you don't speak like the others. Interested in my story or merely buying some thinking time? He watched her as if he could see right into her head. She didn't like it. A fair portion of both. Really I'm confused as to why I was even brought here. Not that I wouldn't enjoy making your acquaintance. Such polite political shit. He chuckled, find a chair or a clean spot to squat. Adora did as instructed, finding a dusty stool hidden under a large table. Cleo hopped up onto the table he had currently been leaning against, I've heard about you. Adora was once again shocked at the sudden change in conversation, the first one approaching Half Moon seems to catch attention here. He chuckled, that too. No, before I came here. The child prodigy of the Horde becoming the champion of Bright Moon was a well-known story in Etheria. Not to mention she also wields Mara's sword. Your tale was well known, so much so we even knew about it in the mountains near the Northern Reach. You've only known war and legacy, only known duty and growth through expectations placed on you. That much is apparent by just the stories I have heard. He eyed Adora as if he was sizing her up, you have not known peace. Many generations, my own, have not. Yet your generation brought it to the land. Is there a point to recounting my life? Adora asked, not unkindly. Merely curious as to what the man was really trying to say. He shrugged, what is your purpose now, Adora? Still very confused, but willing to play along to some degree, I am Shiare. My purpose is hers. He curled an eyebrow, a warrior in time of peace. Adora shook her head slowly, I don't see what you are trying to say. She was getting tired of the bland comments and conversation redirection. Cleo chuckled, I am not trying to say anything, I am trying to get you to use the brain you were gifted with. Thought, I feel you may be more motivated by action. Tonight, find me at the entrance of Half Moon. Why? Adora didn't want to go running around with a man she couldn't really follow a conversation with. A hunt. I enjoy them, and would like you to accompany me. I prefer the added challenge of the forest at night. He explained as if that cleared absolutely anything up for the conflicted hero. A hunt? On Beast Island? Adora looked at him like he might literally be crazy, perhaps I've been misinformed, but is the forest and not notorious for its high probability of unsavory death? His laugh was loud and from the belly, with the added challenge of night and its glorious inhabitants. Right. As much fun as meeting my avoidable death sounds, I feel I will have to decline your offer. Adora stood from her stool, time to leave this crazy man to his own devices. He waved, if you change your mind, you will know where to find me. Adora waved over her shoulder as she made for the door, good hunting, Cleo. Catra sat cross-legged on the table in the common room of her quarters, one sharp claw tapping languidly at the wood beneath her. Her mind was active with many thoughts from this morning alone. 
her conversation with Kyra was oddly therapeutic. Syra had point-blank called her and Adora out on their little story. At first Katra had warning bells ringing loudly in her mind before the queen went on to explain she didn't give a rat's ass what tall tales they fed to the people of Etheria, so long as they were open and honest with her. So Katra, oddly, was transparent with the woman. Which seemed to be the right call as Syra relaxed and was equally as blunt and honest. Syra had despised and pitted Katra, hated her upbringing and her actions that followed. Deemed her a disgrace to their kind for not just following but damn near leading the horde, an army of miscreants attempting to succeed at what Prime had failed. The fact that Prime was the cause of the Magicat down downfall and relocation, it was a particularly sore spot for the Queen to know a Magicat was pushing a similar agenda. When prodded and heavily questioned, Katra told her story. In depth and painfully clear. She did not hide her true thoughts of the time, or the emotions she harbored during. She just spilled everything. It was refreshing, if not completely out of character. Katra was not one to open up, especially to a woman she met literal hours beforehand. Yet, there she was. And it felt good. She was always the demon in the night, the heavy evil, the bad guy. No one asked her side of things. No one cared. So when Syra listened and gave her undivided attention, Katra took advantage of it. If even just one person other than Katra knew her story, she would be content to continue as the villain for thousands of others. Once Katra had spoken the end of her story, Syra gave her the saddest, sweetest smile. Now Katra was a wrong child caught up in a war she had no reason to be in. Syra made it clear that did not excuse or justify the actions Katra took, but it was solid grounds for forgiveness. Or at least the start to the process. Katra had not realized how desperately she needed to hear those words. That she could be worthy of forgiveness for her life. For her wrongs. For every vile thought and action she took. For a moment it had filled her with sappy mushy feelings which were quickly put on the back burner for more aggressive thoughts. Adora. Stupid fucking Adora and her damned dumb brain. Who the actual fuck did Miss Muscles think she was? Concocting some brilliant plan to rehome Katra and her kitten in the hopes of safety. It was infuriating. Katra was not someone who ran. Even in the face of the consequences she rightfully deserved. Skirt around them and live in some damned harem so she could continue to watch her child grow? Sure, why not? It was its own hell if some thought was put into it. Seriously, what was one supposed to think when told the story of her downfall? Katra, second in command of the Horde, crippler of Hordak, vicious opponent in battle, ruthless killer of enemies. Sly, cunning, Powerful Katra in all her bloody glory was now a whore for Bright Moon's champion. On top of that, she wasn't even being used properly by said blonde. She literally was just an ornament in her little group of women. Now to be told that she was depicted as so fragile, so easily harmed, such a worrisome, bothersome whore, that she needed to be relocated? For safety. That was just too fucking much.
Catra would swim her ass back to Bright Moon and beg for the chopping block if Adora thought she was going to be some docile little side piece she could visit from time to time for fucking cuddles. It was a joke. A sick twisted vile joke. Such was Catra's life, she supposed. Hordak never trusted her. Shadow Weaver never valued her. Now, it has become painstakingly obvious that Adora does not respect her. Catra may have been living a less bloody violent provoking life as of late, but she earned her rank in the Horde. Forced those who saw her as nothing to rely on her for any progress. The Horde had been in a stalemate for years before she spoke up. Took action. Snatched the reins from those who deemed themselves able to even guide. Catra has fought bloody tooth and nail, literally, all her life. Anything she had was earned, won, claimed. So no, she was not going to sit pretty in Half Moon all because Adora can't handle a few death threats on Catra. Because she can't stomach a modicum of her past. Catra had been trying to live a more mellow life in the face of peace, but fuck all of that if she was to be seen as some weak thing that needed to be rushed off to some secret life. No. Fucking. Way. Catra would not run from her punishment, no matter how light and shockingly kind her sentence was. She would hold her head high as she was deemed the useless whore of Shiare. She would stand by as her kitten, her child, the literal single soul who pulled her from her worst time, was claimed by title and name by another woman. She would smile and be polite as Finn grew as a gray skull as they were washed of any shadow Catra had placed on them. She would accept her fate, names, death threats, dismissal and all. But she would not be carted off. No, she would not run from the people she hurt. She would not hide here and pretend that the forgiveness from the citizens of Half Moon meant anything. They were not the people she scared, killed, crippled. Half Moon was amazing, it was a literal dream come true but at the end of the day it was not home. Catra may not be familiar with the warm feeling associated with the name, but she was aware of her place with the cold-hardened heart it had earned her. Perhaps it was a bit reckless and self-deprecating for her to choose a life of shame over a new one in Half Moon, but her potential life here was already tainted. She would not be known as the woman who fell and ran from her actions. Regardless of the intentions. These thoughts and joining emotions swirled in her as she watched Adora step into the room. Cleo was not at all what I had envisioned. I was invited to a hunt, at night, on Beast Island of all places. As if it was some leisurely activity. Adora's chuckle was cut short as her eyes landed on Catra, are you alright? Catra let her claw tap into the table, forcing a small indent where it landed, Adora, why are we here? Catra felt her anger spike as Adora had the audacity to look confused. Catra knew the woman was about to lie, redirect, before the words even hit the air. It's a civilization of magicots, there are many reasons to be here. Adora's eyes were filled with concern, taking a step closer but stopping far enough when Catra began a low growl in warning. You have one chance, Adora. Do not waste it. Catra growled through her clenched teeth. She wanted to be calm. Wanted to be civil, to open the floor to a mature conversation. 
but if Adora was going to continue to keep the truth from Katra, she was going to be a bitch. Adora straightened, and what would I be wasting, Katra? Perhaps tell me what is bothering you, and we can speak about it. I cannot read your mind, nor will I guess at what thorn has shoved its way into your side. Oh. Oh really now? Katra let a humorless laugh rumble up her throat, I'm not staying in Half Moon. Her eyes held Adora firm, I will not be left behind to hide from, well deserved might I remind you, anger of the people. Adora's face went skillfully blank, a look Katra knew well. That was the look of a horde soldier. Composed, void of emotion, clear of thought. Adora was panicking. Half Moon can offer you, and Finn, so much more than Etheria. You both could thrive here. Adora's tone was only slightly pleading. Katra scoffed, if you could not handle the consequences of the sentence you crafted for me, you should have let the people decide my fate. Katra waved her hand around the room, this is not a solution. This is running. Hiding. You should know me far better than to accept a coward's path. It is not cowardly to protect yourself, to protect Finn. Adora was cracking. Katra could see the irritation budding in those blue eyes. Katra reveled in. She wanted Adora mad. She wanted Adora careless. She wanted Adora to speak without filtering her words. She wanted to hear every reason this woman thought would keep Katra here. Do not tell me how to provide for my child. I would be teaching them that it is okay to run from the consequences of their actions if I was to stay here and avoid my own. Katra slipped from her seat on the table to prowl around the couch, making a slow circle towards Adora, do not try justifying abandoning us here. Just as Katra suspected, Adora broke at that particular word. Adora had so carelessly admitted this morning how severe of a wound her original abandonment of Katra was. Katra had no issue reminding Adora that any weakness, any vulnerability could be used. She would remind Adora just how wicked Katra could be when pushed. Katra suspected Adora needed it. Needed to remember that Katra was not some kitten anymore. Not some jealous friend. Not someone second to the shadow the hero cast. Katra had worked hard to cast her own dark shadow. It seemed Adora liked to play ignorant to it wanted to see Katra as someone who needed her protection. Who could not survive without her influence. Adora was many great things, but she had a great mental flaw. Katra was not a frightened kitten, but a furious one. She was not a reckless teen, but a heartbroken one. She was not second best, her potential was just never given the recognition it deserved. She was not some damsel. She was a damned villain. Adora's furious eyes trailed Katra's slow pace, my intention is not to abandon you, but to see you safe and free of a life constantly overlooking your shoulder. I would rather you have days full of laughter and happiness rather than fear of your life. Fear of Finn's life. Adora's eyes became pleading, I cannot lose you Katra. I cannot stand a single day of knowing your heart has stopped. Adora took in a deep breath, glancing off to the side as if ashamed, the hope of you staying here is not for your benefit, but for mine. It is a selfish desire to know you have a life you deserve at birth. It is the one thing that will allow me to sleep at night.
I can't stomach the knowledge that your life can so easily be ripped away from me, in my own home. Katra stood stock still, rooted in place as all anger vanished from her, wide-eyed as Adora teared up. Adora's chuckle was humorless, I am the coward. I am the selfish one running. I am the one unable to face the consequences of my own actions. I am to blame here. An angry tear slid down her pale cheek as she ran a hand through her hair, I don't give a damn what others think of you, nor what they deem is a suitable punishment for your crimes. They don't know you, they don't deserve to know you. But I know you. I know the ambition that led you down that path. I know the genius that concocted those movements. I know of the sleepless nights from the way you stood, the meals skipped by the weight you lost, the overexertion from the countless days you pushed yourself. She threw her hands up, sure, you were on the wrong side, but you were forced there. Abused there. You had something to prove. Not just to yourself, but to the world. And you did. You forced thousands of people to recognize your power, your worth. Taught them to fear your mind and to never doubt the woman who is Katra. You taught me that. It is a lesson I will never forget. Adora's eyes were once again angry as they pinned the silent Katra, but fuck me for trying to offer that wronged soul a chance at a life she was so painfully denied. Adora was breathless by the end of her rant. Looking in all her glory a pissed goddess. Like Katra had spit on a lovingly crafted gift. And in that moment, Katra felt like she had. Once again, Katra was reminded that being quick to anger led to some less than enjoyable times. Then a thought hit her, and damn did it hit her hard. Adora looked miffed by the laughter that bubbled from Katra. Katra was sure she looked like an insane woman as her laughter built. She had been quick to anger, and disregarded what Adora may have actually been attempting to do. Had only looked through the foggy crimson glass of rage. Had jumped to conclusions instead of allowing Adora to explain herself. Not that she wasn't still pissed she had been lied to. But damn if it wasn't ironic that her own lack of communication had helped aid in this shit show of a moment. I fail to see what is so funny. Adora was obviously upset that her speech had been met with laughter. Katra couldn't blame her, but she also couldn't stop seeing the humor in just how outrageous this whole thing was. Forcing down more obnoxious laughter took effort, but Katra knew she needed to calm herself, Adora, you're an idiot. An idiot that had spotted minute details even as an enemy. An idiot that hunted a myth for Katra. An idiot who put her reputation on the line and lied to save her and her kitten. An idiot who was so clouded by her own need to preserve Katra, that she ignored just how well she knew the Magicat. An absolute idiot who loved Katra to a damn fault. I'm well aware. Thanks. Adora still sounded pissed, if not with added confusion. Katra relaxed her stance, I understand your reasoning. Katra took the risk of approaching the taller woman, close enough to feel the heat from her body but not enough to touch, but I will not remain in half-moon. Adora's eyes slid shut, an almost pained expression filling her features, Katra dash. Katra cut the blonde's cheek, you say you know me. Understand me. Correct? 
Blue eyes were filled heavy with sadness as they peeled open, I do. It's the highest honor I cherish, to know you. Katra felt a heartstring tug at the idiot's dramatic confession, so you are well aware I am selfish. Possessive of what I have. She let her claws slide out just enough to skim the soft skin under her palm, I have a life with you in Bright Moon. A life I never allowed myself to dream of. I am possessive to the highest regard of my child, willing to share their life with you. Willing to share them in name, in title. Adora, any fool can see I am a mother willing to let you parent my kitten. To raise them, love them, claim them. Claim what is mine. Share what is mine. Her claws sheathed as the pads of her fines drifted down to skim over pursed lips, I am selfish. Selfish enough to deny you the nights of sleep you claim to seek, only so I can calm your worries in a bed shared with me. I am selfish enough to chase after you even if you leave me here. I am selfish and possessive in the love I have for you, but above all else, I am my own person. Katra chuckled lovingly as she poked Adora between her furrowed brows, I will use my ambition to hunt you down, my genius to slip into your arms. Sleepless nights adoring you, skipping meals in favor of talking to you. I will overexert myself until I have proven to that thick skull of yours that I am able to stand at your side regardless of threats. I am cowardly enough to avoid a true sentencing in favor of the one you have given me. Silent tears spilled down Adora's cheeks as she stared down at Katra. Katra let herself live in the look of utter devotion pouring from the woman letting herself open up to the very real possibility of a future at Adora's side. One she so blatantly threw down at Adora's feet. She let the fear trickle down her spine, knowing Adora could still refuse her. Could still, attempt, to leave her here. Could force Katra to chase after her, as Adora herself had done for many years. Katra allowed herself to feel exposed and raw after such a declaration instead of forcing it all down to preserve her, dignity? Pride? She was no longer certain why she would close herself off, what denial or rejection could cause her so much pain to deny Adora the words she had just spoken. If Adora was dead set on turning the magicat away, Katra would make good on her word and hunt the idiot blonde down.